0: This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Startup Diaries. Today's episode is part of our brand new educational series that are going to be releasing every single Wednesday. For those of you that tuned in to our board meeting episode, we said that we were going to be producing more content with the goal of bringing you guys more education and more inspiration so that you guys can continue in your careers, in your startups, whatever it is that you're doing in the business world. We want to bring you content for free that inspires and educates you. The one thing I will ask is that if you get a lot out of these episodes, first of all, let us know, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. Uh, We love your ideas. We've been getting a lot of those lately. We love hearing about how this has helped you in your business. It honestly does power us forward and inspires us to do more. But also, if you guys could leave us a review and share this with your friends, our goal is to get this in the hands of as many business people as possible. And so... In order to help us do that and in order for us to bring more guests on and create more content, we need your help. So again, let us know if you enjoy the episode and share this with your friends and make sure if you're loving the podcast, leave a review. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. Danny, welcome back to the podcast. Mate, pumped. Um, I think we, t- we covered structure on the last episode. Um, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about in business, you know i think this can make or break a business yeah um and it's unit economics and pricing and really talking about the relationship of those two things um you know i think again like the the biggest learning for me i would say in the last five years is is that and just how important that is for the growth of your company long term so do you just want to explain what unit economics are is um and you know give it a, a bit of a
1: breakdown into you know what some of the key terms are yeah. as well well, let's let's talk through the way we kind of spoke about it when we were speaking um, the other day around just two different business models. So without going into the detail of unit economics, we'll talk about business models. And what we touched on was how does a product business look as a generalization and how should a service business look as mm-hmm. a generalization? So people get into business, they're like, I'm going to make X dollars. It's like, all right, well, how how are you spending that money Like, how's it gonna work? So let's break down like a model P and L for each one of those business units um, as one kind of exercise. And then let's talk about pricing as a separate kind of exercise where it's like, all right, well, how do we influence those economics using yeah. price? I love the pricing conversation because it's like, yeah, there's so much variability in it. But um, so let's talk about the economics of a business. So if I talk about product-based businesses, um, I'll use e-commerce kind of as our baseline example have an e-commerce business. If I make a dollar, straight away I expect to spend 50 cents of that dollar on product and fulfillment. Yeah. So buying that product, getting that product to the customer. If I can't make that business work at 50%, I'm questioning you know, do I have the right product to sell or the right pricing of that product? And that's called your gross margin. That's my gross margin. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So it's like I want if I'm in a if I'm in a product-based business, I want to try and get a gross margin of 50%. That's not I'm not sitting here going, hey, every single business in the whole country needs to operate that way. Saying if I'm starting a new brand today, that's what I'm aiming for. And then I'm making a decision or understanding why it's not that, if it's not that. Yeah. And so, you know, this is basically talking about all the
0: input costs. It, you know, that basically helps you create the product. So what would
1: it cost you to reproduce another unit of your product? So So if if I'm selling a t-shirt, how much did it cost to make and print on that t-shirt? Yep. Um, so if, I, if it costs me $20 to make that T-shirt and it's going to cost me $10 to ship it to the customer, it's cost me $30 essentially to get that T-shirt sold to the customer, made and sold. So I need to sell that T-shirt for $60 to make a 50% profit. And that's at a minimum, you know,
0: like you can... And, and is it true that what they say around the better your gross margin,
1: the better your business in so a sense? So we'll, we'll talk about this a bit deeper in a sec, but everything in, in my opinion, everything in that business is about making that gross margin as good as possible. Yep. But understanding that the higher you make that gross margin, the more room you leave for competitors to come in and undercut your pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll touch on that in pricing. Um, but yeah, so, so product-based product business, e-commerce business, I'm, starting point is I'm trying to make sure my product and fulfillment costs are 50%. Yeah? If I can't make that work, I'm looking at it very closely and going, all right, why? Because why, why it's important is I can't solve that problem with scale by selling more t-shirts, isn't gonna make that margin better. Yep. Um, I know that every time I teach, that's the maximum I can make, because that, you know it might go down slightly on volume, but it's not gonna dramatically reduce. It still costs me the same to ship every item, still costs me the same to make every t-shirt. Yeah. I can go to China or I can do some stuff and, and understanding how I can bring down that cost is important, but you need a business model that works on a 50% margin in product-based business as a benchmark. Yep. Um, again, there will be differences, but just understand those differences. Then I go, all right, cool, I've made my 50% margin. How much do I have left to spend on other stuff? Most people will say, well, you've got 50% left because you can spend all of it. But I'm in business to make a profit, so I don't want to spend it all. Um, So generally speaking, again, product-based businesses were saying you got a 30% budget left. So if I sell something for a dollar, I've got 30 cents left to spend on rent, marketing, employees, accounting, um, insurance, whatever those other costs are that make up that business. I've only got 30% left to spend so that I can make a 20% profit. That's your OPEX? That's my OPEX. Operating expenses? Yeah, they're my operating expenses. So the, the overhead costs that I have to pay regardless of if I have to sell one shirt or a thousand shirts, I have to pay those expenses. Obviously, the bigger my business gets, the higher those expenses get. That's why we've got that percentage to work with. Um, but marketing's included in that. So marketing's a big one because that's the one we go to to increase to grow the top line revenue. So we have to make sure that you know, our marketing efficiency is high so that we can make these numbers work. Um, so really top line, and we'll we'll delve into that a bit deeper, but product-based business, 50% gross margin. So 50% of everything I spend is going to product cost and fulfillment and then 30% OPEX. So all those overheads, so I'm left with 20%. That's what I'm benchmarking a P P&L on.
0: Yeah, and as a company, when you say like benchmarking my P&L, it's really going, these. we're setting targets for all of these and then that becomes how we operate in
1: all of these different departments. Exactly. So we, we use it to set the target or to create a model P&L. And obviously early on, we're never going to hit these numbers, but we want to understand why and make decisions around it. Like I've, I've said to you before, like I don't mind that we don't hit budgets or numbers or whatever. I just like that we make decisions based on that. Like we're not accidentally overspending on marketing. We're deliberately overspending on marketing because mm. we've decided that's what we're going to do. So we use it to build out that benchmark and then we make decisions of where we're gonna spend if we are going to. Um, So that's for product. If we go to a service based business, accounting firm, lawyer, um, anyone selling time essentially as their product agency, yep. Um, What I'm generally benchmarking is a 35% cost of labor. So if we get $100 in $35 is going to staff, that includes the owner's time generally if they're working on client stuff. So 35% of all the money that comes in goes to staff. Then I've got another 30% roughly, same as the other business to spend on overheads, rent, et cetera, that it takes to run those businesses. Um, and it leaves me with about 30% profit. Yeah, um,
0: 35% profit. And so how you were just going back to that, that basically cost of service, the way, and this is something that you guys taught me as well, is like, you know, having a charge out rate
1: or charge out rate targets um, yeah. on fulfilling the work. The service, yeah. The service. so. I mean, obviously, the easy way of doing it, so I've got a hairdresser. Hairdresser costs me $50 an hour. For me to make 35%, I need to charge that hairdresser $150 an hour, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to make sure that you're charging the customers enough that you're, you can make money within that business. Um, but we'll get into pricing again in a second, but that goes back to the pricing. If, you know, The cost of labor is obviously going up in Australia, which means the price of the haircut should be going up with it. But as you put your hair cut price up and the competitor next door doesn't, people start moving, like people can't take in their service next door because you're leaving room for people to come in and undercut you. Yep. So that, you've got to get that right mix between pricing, margin, et cetera, your input costs to make that work. But again, it's important to have a target and have a model that you're working to and doing it deliberately, as opposed to getting a P&L once a year from your accountant and accidentally going, oh, we made money or we lost money. We're not sure why, but this is where we landed. Um, so yeah, model P&L, 30%, 35% goes to labor, 30% goes to overheads, you're left with 35% profit. Um, they're the two kind of models that we start with. And then again, we will model out a business against that and see where we're gonna overspend, underspend. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the reason I
0: think that's so important is because it can literally make or break your business. Like the amount of businesses that I've, was involved in 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 my early days in my consulting where you know the first thing they the first thing they uh, or question they ask themselves about pricing is what's fair yeah right it's like oh you know what what don't i feel bad about charging Yeah, yeah right if you haven't operated businesses before and then as you understand unit economics what you start to think is go, okay well what are our labour costs to actually get to, to you know deliver to, that service to deliver the service and yeah. then more importantly how do we create
1: demand so that we yeah. can
0: increase price which you obviously yeah. talk about so soon. So the,
1: the number one conversation well, there's two major conversations I'll have with business owners when they come on board is one they have zero idea of how their own business is performing let alone how it benchmarks against anything. So getting them to start to think about their business as percentages and and having something to benchmark against and secondly is put up your prices because 99 times out of 100 they're underpricing their service because they haven't they literally do what you said and just go to what's fair or they look at the guy next door who has also said what's fair and done no thinking about it and copy his pricing. <laughs> so um yeah and and they ve- and most people are very scared to touch their pricing, there's this fear in us all. And I've been guilty of it too, as I know you are, or have been of you know, annoying anyone or upsetting anyone by putting up our prices. Um, but it's like, it's a, you have to have that convo because the worst thing you can do is go out of business because it's not profitable to, to run a business at a loss. Like, yeah. And most, most people blindly are, and again, they speak. To, I, had, I met with someone the other day, been with their account for 25 years She's like, oh, I think we made a loss this year. I'm like, well, when you say you think, what do you mean you think? She's like, I've got the financial reports from the accountant. And I'm like, okay, show me them. This is 18 months or nine months after year end, sorry. And they've been making a loss for the last eight years and they had no idea. Like business owners don't get into this detail. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important to do it as well. And mm. I think, um,
0: you know, we'll probably touch on it soon as well. But like, there's also like understanding the relationship between your unit economics as well. Like, yeah. You know, you kind of talked about it before, but, um, you know, and even the conversation around putting up your prices, um, it's relative to what you're trying to achieve, right? It's like, do you want to improve your margin? Great, put up prices. Okay, there is a consequence that comes with that, that if you understand that consequence or the risk associated and you're willing to make that bet, um, or that's the direction you want to go in, um, it then leads to follow-up conversation or decisions to be made so all right we want to put our prices up one we have to justify that to the customer two we have to be able to warrant that with brand um and and and, you know trust um and so they're really good conversations or you can go the other way and you can say well i actually don't want to be seen as premium as premium we actually want to be seen as someone who can service everybody and then that's a different conversation
1: and you know and more a strategic conversation as well so yeah. so the point is it's deliberate it's a deliberate conversation it's not by accident um and I, th- I actually think brett kelly told me this there's like two worlds to live in there's i'm the premium on the best or i'm the cheapest and i'm gonna mass market and everyone in between is dead mm. essentially like there's a lineup outside of louis vuitton if you want to buy handbags and there's a lineup outside came up for the cheapest possible handbag, but there's no one lining up at Oraton or anywhere. Like they don't care. There's no market for it. Yeah, it's so true. It's <laughs> I was so like, true. Fuck, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Um and do we want to talk so so uh, can we talk about gross profit further and go into pricing? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you said before gross profit's the most important number. The reason it's the most important number is the more you sell, the more mar- the more money you're creating, the more dollars you're creating with your gross profit if you don't have that percentage right, then you can't scale your business. So if I'm only making 10% margin and I sell a million dollars, I only make hundred grand. If I'm making 50% margin and I sell a million dollars, I make 500 grand. So getting that percentage right really matters. Um, you touched on, it doesn't matter if it's small or large, as long as you're deliberately doing it. And that's hundred percent true. Um, Jeff Bezos says your margins, my opportunity, like his Amazon business model is little margin as possible, as much volume as possible, it's fine. It's just a very different business to most people. Um, But like go deep, if you're a business owner and you're listening to this, go deep in your gross margin. How much labor cost does it take to deliver your service or how much is your product costing to produce and fulfill to sell to a customer? Getting into that.
0: Yeah. And can you talk to the the idea of gross margin mattering as you get bigger as well? Like it's because I feel like in the early days you can get away with a lot more, but the bigger you get, the more important that gross margin
1: number becomes? Most people go to, um, oh, I'll solve it later with size. They think that si- size will fix the gross margin, but it never does. If you've got a fat, unhealthy business in year one, it's likely that if you 10 times the business, you haven't fixed the problem. Um, so what, what we're saying there is if you're making 50% margin on a million, or 10% margin on a million dollars, you're still gonna make 10% margin on $10 million. It's still not, for most business owners there's not enough dollars to solve the operating expense that it takes to run the business. Cause mm. you still have to pay the bigger rent bill and the more employees and the bigger marketing that you have at a $10 million business, but you don't have enough margin to invest into it. Um, so don't look at margin as a, don't look at size as a solution to margin. Cause that's what most people do. It's not get your margin right as early as possible. So you can scale up with a higher gross margin. Yeah. Um, and then use pricing. <laughs> So can we swing into pricing? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So so pricing's the variable in getting the right margin. You can only drop the cost that it makes to, cost that it takes to make a t-shirt so far. Like, yeah, cool, I got the t-shirt from $11 to $10. I can't get it to $0, that makes sense. Um, same with employee costs. Like if I'm in a service-based business, I can't pay you less than the minimum wage, nor do I want to. Um, so I can only reduce that cost so much. So the only lever I have is pricing and efficiency, which is, how do I either increase the price of my products and and justify that pricing to someone, or how do I get my employee to produce more work in in less hours, kind of thing? Yeah. Um. So there's not much things to talk about, but we talk about price a
0: lot. Um, and if you can do both of those things at the same time, that's that's a great business. Massively like for every, yeah. you know, for for every um, other dollar that you bring into your business, if that's getting. If your margins are getting better because of those two things, or drop into the
1: bottom line, you've got
0: a great you've got a
1: great business. Yeah. Um, so if we talk about pricing, like when someone comes on day one and they go, "Hey, I'm starting a um, t-shirt business. Like, how much should I sell that t-shirt for?" Like, you know, it's an unlimited answer. I and mean, what do you reckon people go to? Like, what are your what are your answers if I said to yeah, you, "How are you going to price your t-shirt?" Oh, I mean. If you had asked me five years ago, it would have been what's, what's you know, what's front runner selling their t-shirt for? Yeah. What's what KCR selling their t-shirt for? You know? That's literally what happens. They just, yeah. they look at the competitor. They go next door and see what they're selling for and they make that decision. But you could go online and you can find a $1,200 t-shirt. Like there's always a price point that exists. You've got to go to, all right, what's the brand I want to be? Where do I want to position myself in the market? And go deep into that conversation. Someone like um, Louis Vuitton or like Jemez, like those big, big brands that live in the marketplace they don't their cost of making that product isn't as exponential as what their price point is versus the cheaper no. brands but they take all that extra margin and then they spend it on building brand and building customer experience and creating a business that you want to, as a customer, be a part of and spend five grand on a handbag. It's like Ferrari, you get free services, you know, yeah. like like, yeah. like stuff like
0: that is like, you know, no one would give that away, yeah. the services of your car. Yeah.
1: Um, but Ferrari can because they have the margin. They make the too. margin. So they, they build all that stuff in. Um, and, and again, they, it's not that they're taking all that margin and going, we're making 60% profit at the bottom line. They're probably making a better profit at the bottom line. But they take that extra margin and they invest it into building a bigger and bigger brand out in the market. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we get if if you can get people to understand, deliberately set a gross margin target, and then deliberately work on pricing to get to that brand positioning place in the market, um, goes a long way to building a healthy business. You can always manage the opex expenses. You can always get a new rent deal or. Like there's things you can do there. More often than not, they're fixed too. They're pretty fixed. Yeah. Um. So there's not like, yeah, once a year we can go through it or once every few years we can go through it and renegotiate some stuff, but you can't massively move the dial on a lot of it. The margin, the pricing stuff is, is really set by that owner and going, who do, I, who do I want my business to be? What's the value proposition to the customer? How do I justify whether it's cheap or high? How do I justify that price in the market?
0: Last point I want you to touch on is the importance of having an accurate P&L.
1: <laughs> Same. So I, I touched on that story a second ago about the guys that came through last week and haven't looked at their P&L for nine months. It's, it's just that idea of deliberately making decisions. So if we're going to go through the effort of setting, a, setting up a business, we're going to the, the effort of setting up a business and we're not going to have the idea that we're going to check the scoreboard every month to see how we're going. It's like you're just running blind. It's like playing a football game and, we'll find out the score in 12 months time if we, if we won or lost and not having to score along the way. Yeah, or, or, you know, we're not scoring the game at all, but we're playing for points. We're right? playing for points, yeah. Right, you know, and yeah. so
0: like you can't navigate a Are quarter. We the lead? Oh yeah, it's yeah, It's crazy. the last quarter, who's winning? <laughs> yeah, who How cares? do we know yeah. the intensity, it's crazy. the speed
1: that we need to move at? Um, so, but that's, um, like people don't love numbers, generally speaking, like as business owners, we're not training it. Um, so they don't love it. So they delay it and they, they put off the conversation. So naturally they'll go, I'm not looking at that. But the importance of having that scoreboard every month, having that benchmark P&L, seeing how you're tracking against it and deliberately running your business and making decisions will change your business.
0: But also the accuracy, like oh, what are your direct costs,
1: right? Yeah, like that's the
0: that's the thing that I, even myself as all, you know, even I would say, especially over the last six months, we're in a service-based business. Hmm. We're pushing as hard as we can to grow. Um, every dollar counts yep. right now. So it's, the accuracy of the P&L, uh, you know, and what are your inputs? What are your direct costs? You know, yeah. do you have direct costs that are going through OPEX yeah. um, that you're not getting it, So you're not having an accurate understanding of what your gross margin to is. What I'll say,
1: the accuracy is super important. Like shit goes in, shit comes out. If we're not getting the right data, it's irrelevant. But by, by taking the effort of reading your P L and l and benchmarking to get something, we'll force it to become accurate because you're looking at it and you're going, oh, my percentages are out, why? And then you have that conversation with the bookkeeper accountant, whoever, and they go, oh, because that's a direct cost. That's not like, just starting that cycle of monthly going, how did I perform? What would a benchmark look like in my industry? Why am I different? will force it to become more and more accurate every month. You don't need to solve it. If right you sit now. there and go, hey, yeah, I want the perfect p today, you get perfection paralyzes you. Just start looking at it monthly and trending it to be better over six months and they'll end up being a pretty good P&L. Better yeah. than 99% of people that never look at their P&L. Yeah, yeah you're just refining. Yeah, um, exactly. Mate,
0: Danny, first of all, get yourself an accountant who thinks about business like Danny. That's the one thing <laughs> I got to say. I think you, having someone who's not only just passionate about doing your best, but also <laughs> is passionate about helping you grow your business and invested. You know, that's what I've, again, like, I can't recommend these guys enough. So um, another awesome episode. Thanks again, Danny, for sharing your knowledge. Um, and uh, I really hope everyone
1: enjoyed the episode. I appreciate you, mate. Happy to share. Hey, Danny from Kelly Partners Northern Beaches here. Hope you're really loving these conversations with Kyle. Um, if you're looking for an accountant that wants to do more than just your basses and taxes and be a real partner in your business, feel free to hit us up. We have an amazing team out on the beaches who deal with business owners every single day. i um, looking to provide proactive advice, get in front of your business and help you make those decisions that are really going to make a difference in the long term for your life. Um, reach us anytime. If anyone wants to book in a free discovery session where we'll go through your business and see how we can help, hit us up at northernbeaches at kellypartners.com.au.